that's the new culture of the army. People that want full answers and aren't just being told, do this because I told you so. Hi, this is Captain Adam Morton with the Canadian Army Podcast. Today, I'm speaking to Second Lieutenant Michelle Evans, an artillery officer who has just come out of her training, and she's here at Army headquarters, and she's going to tell us a little bit about her experiences so far. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Adam. Thanks for having me. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, my name is Michelle. I'm 21. I'm from a tiny town called Fenland Falls, Ontario. Oh, yeah. I've been there. Oh, really? Yeah. That's surprising. Not many people have. <laughs> <laughs> um, I joined the Army right out of high school. I went through RMC. Uh, I did 1.1 last summer, and I'm currently waiting for 1.2. For those listening at home who don't know what that is, those are basically various levels of training that exist for uh you know, basically incoming troops. So what got you to join the Army? It was kind of surprising to, like, my family and my friends. I don't think they expected me to join. Uh, I don't have any family in or any, like, real exposure to the military. I was always just really interested in military history and military strategy growing up. I read a ton of books about it, and I knew it was something that I wanted to study at school, but I didn't really know how to make that happen. And then my mom suggested going to RMC, and I think I laughed out loud in response to that <laughs> because I had never considered joining or doing anything relating to the military, like reserves or cadets. But the more I thought about it and the more research I did, it seemed to make a lot of sense for me. Uh, loved being on teams and being a part of something bigger than yourself. I was always the kid that was super into like schedules and discipline, so that seemed to make sense for the Army as well. Um, yeah, just a, f a lot of those kind of individual traits that the more I looked into it, the more it made sense for me. I think a lot of the people I've talked to have a similar story in the terms of I mean, you know, there's some people who are just like born military, their whole family in the military. Like it was, it was basically destiny for them to do it. But like I was a tech support guy and then I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. What's what's the next best thing? And then I, you know, and it's the same thing, you know, you're talking about. It's like people said, never thought I would do this. And now here I am. Yeah, it was definitely surprising to a few people. But so far, I'm really happy with my choice. So what did you expect when you joined? Like, what did you think it was going to be like? I pretty much had no idea what I was getting myself into. I was pretty scared, pretty anxious heading off to basic. I kind of had just told myself that I was going to try it for a year and after a year I would reevaluate and decide if it was for me or not. Uh, they have that kind of program at RMC where you can do your first year of university, your basic training, and then you can leave if you don't like it and you don't owe them anything. It's just as soon as you start second year that you start to owe time back. So that kind of made me feel a bit better about signing the the longer contract, knowing that if I did it for a year and I decided it wasn't for me, I could still get out. And other than that, I had absolutely no idea what I was getting myself into. And so now you've done some stuff. What do you think so far? How is it? I feel like I haven't done that much stuff yet. I feel like most of my experiences have been in the training environment, uh, which is still really good experiences. Um, obviously, like ups and downs, like any university experience or any starting out a new career experience. But so far, it's a lot of really rewarding uh, experiences. I find that sometimes the hardest moments or the hardest challenges we have are the moments that I look back most fondly on, because I guess are the moments that I'm most proud of. So, so far, if I had to go back and do it again, I would. Shared hardships uh, make strong comrades as it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The closest friends that you make are usually the ones that you're going through some not as fun times with. That's right. Tell us about one of those challenges. Like it shouldn't come to a surprise as a surprise to anyone listening to this that 
there's tough parts to military training. So what was some of the stuff that you had to go through that was tough? There's definitely individual experiences. I think for me, especially having like no idea what to expect going into it, a lot of the first couple of phases of training was almost like culture shock, just adjusting to how to use a rifle and how to make a bed with hospital corners. And <laughs> yeah. But every time that you were stressed or you felt like maybe you weren't going to be able to figure things out in time, there was always another officer cadet or somebody else on your course that maybe had like a brother or a sister or a dad in the military and they were more than willing to come and help you out. So those moments before inspections or the moments in the field where you're really, really tired and someone helps you out with something are moments that you definitely remember. Uh, if I had to pick like one challenging time, there were some some tough times on CAP, I guess, when we were in the field for our final X, everyone's always super tired. And in our defensive, like just in the trenches, waiting for basically waiting out our time to be done in the defensive. You just make some some good memories and some good friends just hanging out in your trench with your fire team partner. I think to Afghanistan as an example where you're sitting in a tower for 12 hours with the same person and there's literally nothing to do but stare out at nothingness and you're with that person and it's like you do that for enough days and you will have logged more time sitting beside that person doing you know air quotes nothing you got to talk and then you become friends because what else are you going to do other than sit in silence? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, that happened after like three days in a training environment. So I can only imagine what it would be like in the real world and over a longer period of time. You're talking about the culture shock experience too. And, you know, like I remember, and I think everybody's had some version of this story is you're driving up to Saint-Jean. It's this massive 10 story brutalist architecture building that looks like a prison. And you're just like, oh my God, I'm going <laughs> to die here. <laughs> How did you feel when you first like set foot onto the, the army for all intents and purposes? Um, I was definitely a little uh, taken back, definitely scared. I got on the military flight from Toronto and got on the bus to Saint-Jean. Um, I had a pretty crusty master corporal check me in. And so that was a great introduction to what to expect <laughs> for the next seven weeks. So I was definitely scared. I tried to just kind of keep my mouth shut and keep my head down. And seven weeks later, I got out of there with a bit of a better idea of what I was doing, but still not a lot. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit, but I think we all have experiences when we're in the training environment where we look back and look at things that we might have done differently. And even though all soldiers have great ideas on how they, they're going to change or fix things or do things differently... Um, maybe for the audiences who it's been a long time since they've been through the training system and they have a certain way in their mind on how things should be done as maybe a newer person, you know, part of the new generation and all that. What do you think that we could be doing better as part of our training process? That's a, that's a tough question because like you said, I've only, I've only seen the training process for the last four years, so I have no idea how, it's, how it has evolved. I think especially like in the moment when you're, you're tired and you're maybe a little anxious, and you feel like your staff are being hard on you. And in the moment, you're like, oh, they don't need to be this hard on me. And this is unnecessary. But then looking back on it, you're, you realize that, no, they actually, they did need to be hard on me. And they did make need to make me stressed out because they needed to see if I could perform under that stress. So I think it's hard to criticize from the student perspective because we always want to make our lives easier on ourselves. Uh, and we can't see the big picture in terms of like logistics and checks in the box that they have to have. So I don't know if I would criticize the training environment. The recruiting, I would maybe criticize a little bit. I was recruited by a Navy officer and 
I asked a lot of questions about the army that I probably could have gotten better answers to that would maybe would have prepared me a little better or helped me have a more full understanding of what to expect when I joined. But that's the only the only critique I can really lodge. It's funny that you say that because that was actually my exact experience oh, yeah. as well. When I walked into the recruiting center, I had a, I think it was a, a Navy PO that was there. And so I asked him also, he's like, well, I don't know much about the army, but this was like in the Navy. And I was like, oh, okay, that's fine. But also I think a lot of the military experience is also kind of just jumping in, not knowing what to expect. That's why I asked you your opinion, just because mm-hmm. I want to hear, you know, let's call it the unvarnished truth <laughs> about, you know, how you feel about it. But also that in of itself, it's kind of an interesting experience. And I think a lot of people look back fondly on, you know, thinking they knew what they were getting into and then realizing that maybe it's something a little bit different. Yeah, it's definitely part of the challenge, like showing up and not knowing what to expect. And it takes maybe it takes a little more like courage or commitment to show up not knowing what you're really getting yourselves into. I think maybe like on the trade specific side, like I probably could have gotten better answers to like my trade specific questions because I ended up switching trades a couple years in. And I don't know if maybe I would have come in with a a different preference list if I had known more about each trade. But I definitely felt like if I had been talking to an army officer, I would have been getting different answers. Basically, you don't know what you don't know. And then down the road, you you look at these situations and maybe you reevaluate how you felt at the time. I can think of a lot of situations in my career where even for years after going through the training system or, or doing a course or something, I was like, oh, I hate that. It's wrong. And, you know, it doesn't make any sense. And I don't know why we did this. And then all of a sudden, with with the benefit of experience and knowledge and having worked in different fields, you're like, that's why that's that way. Mm-hmm. And it makes so much sense, but it takes you a little while to digest it all and then have all these other experiences. And then you're like, yes, here I am like five years later. And that one guy that told me that it had to be this way for this reason. And I, I, I was so mad at him and he was wrong. And all of a sudden, no, it all makes sense. And now I'm that guy. And, and people are like, why are you like this? I'm like, look, <laughs> you'll figure it out. You'll know. Yeah, I think, I mean, Obviously, I haven't been around for that long, so I can't attest to what the military is like before. But just from talking to senior officers or senior NCOs that have been around a lot longer than I have, it seems like the military has gotten a lot better at explaining the why behind a lot of actions. So maybe in the moment you're not getting told why you're doing something, but instructors usually know that if someone comes up to you afterwards and asks to explain why you're doing something in a certain way, they should be able to provide an answer. And I think nine times out of 10, they do, because that's the new culture of the army. And that's the new type of people that we're recruiting are people that want full answers and aren't just being told, do this because I told you so. People often think that in the army, you're kind of, you know, just smash things and a blunt instrument. But in fact, I think both officers and NCOs, more or less equally, maybe a little bit more on the officer side, there's a lot of problem solving and analytics there. And if you want people who are good at that, you have to be okay to a certain extent with people who are going to ask why because they're trying to wrap their head around the problem and develop it. Yeah, exactly. I think in every education system, at least and I found in the Ontario system, you're taught from a very young age how to be a critical thinker. And that often involves asking questions and maybe questioning authority when it's the right time and place. Obviously, if there's a time crunch, you're not going to be asking why you're doing something, <laughs> but maybe going up afterwards and asking that question. I think I was definitely surprised on the officer side seeing how much planning and how much forethought went into the smallest of operations. So you often don't see from the student side or from the junior leadership side what's going on at the higher levels. But even just being at NDHQ for the last couple months and seeing 
all the different departments and all the different operations and how far in advance and how detailed the planning is, you get a much better appreciation for what your future could look like and also what the standard is. Speaking of that, so, you know, you've gone through your training and now you've been uh, temporarily attached to Army headquarters where you're working underneath the deputy commander. Tell us a little bit about your experience. You're talking about, you know, strategy and stuff like that, but going from the kind of bottom rung training environment to now full on strategic top of the army level looking down. What have you seen there and how does that kind of work with what you've learned up to this point? I think it almost feels like I'm starting all over again in terms of my basis of knowledge. You know, when you graduate from RMC in fourth year, you kind of feel like you have things at least at RMC figured out, like you know where to go or who to ask for certain requests or certain jobs. And then showing up at NDHQ, you have literally no idea what's going on and there's all these different acronyms and different people and they're all like colonels and generals and you don't want to go up and ask them questions because they're like five or six ranks higher than you. Um, But just sitting in the back of some meetings or getting to push the next slide in some meetings, you're getting to learn a lot about the different processes and the officers have all been really great, especially the different artillery officers that coming up to me and explaining what they do and how it relates to their training and their history. Like, for example, the G1 right now used to be the CEO of the artillery school, so he kind of knew who I was when I showed up. And I've gotten to see a lot of what he does in terms of personnel management and planning and statistics and big picture, which isn't something that I've ever really seen before. I would say, like, it's pretty interesting to have that experience early on because generally you do your final training and you're now a for real soldier and you hit the unit and and you've gone through this really challenging period where uh, you've overcome all these massive obstacles and gone through all these hardships and built these relationships with these people. And so in your mind, you are now a soldier and you're top candidate of your class <laughs> and then you hit your unit or whatever. And then it's just like, oh my God, I don't know anything. Or you, you felt like you knew everything and then like a month in you realize, wow, I'm just at the start. Even with all this knowledge and having overcome all these incredible challenges, you're just at the beginning. It's just the start. Yeah. And it's funny because I thought that was just kind of a, a 2LT thing, like showing up at a new unit or showing up at NDHQ in my case. But speaking to like the colonels and even the generals in some cases, they're saying that One of the good or bad things about the Army, depending on how you look at it, is that you're almost always changing positions. Like you're never in the same position for more than two or three years in most cases. So you are going to keep having that feeling of what am I doing (laughs) like quite a few times in your career because you're always being put in new positions, which is, I think, unique to the Army. And it also forces us to be outside of our comfort zone and maybe work in more stressful situations, but perform at a higher standard. Yeah, and I think it also teaches us to be more adaptable yeah. because if you can function in, an, in a weird environment and then all of a sudden you're working in a different weird environment and you just kind of keep doing that over and over again, when you're actually thrust into a situation where your ability to adapt to weird, I say weird a lot, but being able to adapt to a different environment is critical to maybe survival or the survival of your troops or executing something that matters, you've been primed all the way up to that point to then be able to adapt to a changing environment. Yeah, adaptability for sure. And I think also teamwork. Like if you're showing up in a position where you have no idea what's going on, but maybe your 2IC does, or maybe your 3IC does, or somebody in the department over, you have to go out of your comfort zone and go ask them questions or go ask 
the kernel next door questions and they're able to provide you with a more whole picture. So instead of just locking yourself away in your desk because you know exactly what you're doing and you don't need to ask for anyone's help, it forces you to build that camaraderie and that connection. I think that's a pretty good note to end on. Is there anything else you wanted to throw out there before we wrap this up? Uh, no, I think I'm good. Thank you. You don't want to say hi to mom or whatever? Oh, I just said hi to her. It's okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks for coming out. Thanks for having me. So that was Second Lieutenant Michelle Evans, and this is Captain Adam Morton for the Canadian Army Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, follow us, and also check out our back catalog of episodes. We've got about 13 in the can now. They're worth checking out. Thanks a lot. As usual, stay frosty. Stay frosty.